Namaste everyone. Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is your host Kushal Mehra. All right, my guest today is Balaji Vittal and we're going to be talking about a very interesting book titled Pure Evil, The Bad Men of Bollywood. We also will talk about another book uh, that is uh, also written by Balaji. For, before I introduce, uh, get Balaji in, Balaji is a columnist, a book author, a banker. He's many things. So uh, Balaji, thanks for coming to the podcast. Thanks so much for calling me. Thanks so much for inviting me. It's great to be here speaking with all of you. So Balaji, let's start like this. So when I was going through your website, it says you're a banker and you write film film related books or film history related books. So, so let's start there. How the hell did this happen? Yeah, well, I've been watching Hindi movies right from a young age. Okay, let me tell you, I'm a South Indian birth, but born and brought up in Calcutta. So I'm a second generation Calcuttan. And uh, uh, so my father moved to Calcutta in the 1950s. And then, uh, you know, I've been born and brought up in Calcutta. So obviously, Calcutta has a culture of culture uh, that grew on me in terms of watching good films, reading books and newspapers. And, and that sort of a culture grew on me. And obviously, movies, you know, sort of I loved Hindi movies. I mean, I've been watching Hindi movies at a very young age. And I loved Hindi music, uh, Hindi films and music for the spectacularity of it you know it was big it was like big budget big bang everything big and i loved bangla films for the intellect they brought in for the thought they provoked okay so uh, you know i loved both of these for very different reasons and obviously when you keep watching movies from a young age it grows into you and then so <clears throat> gradually started liking it and uh, uh, I got into Jadavpur University in Calcutta and they have a very strong, you know, quizzing uh, team, a film and music quiz. And I became part of that. Uh, so then the Bollywood DNA grew on me. So we had a very strong quizzing team out there. We used to do internal quizzes and we used to participate in inter-college quizzes and all that very frequently. Now, after graduating from there, obviously, we got into I got into jobs and, you know, lost touch a little bit. But then my senior from... Uh, call from university he and I sort of got together once in 2008 and he said that he was trying to write a book on Adi Burman I said great let me partner with you and that's how the first book came about uh, so it was always there the DNA kept growing from a very young age from the formative years and somewhere it had to take shape it had to come out in the form of a book so that's how the the journey was so now this book why why did you decide to cover I mean I, I did read the book uh, and first of all, I, I I have to say I actually enjoyed reading it. I have was a complete blank slate. I mean, I did not have any opinion. I have not done podcasts on 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 a subject like this. I mean, but I'm kind of known to go, you know, like the great Star Trek added is a boldly go where no man has ever gone before. So I was like, let me what the hell? Let me experiment with this. And villains are something that have always fascinated me. Uh, if, if, but uh, so what what kind of a research uh, was in one involved in writing a book because you have you know distributed this uh, what, what do i say the entire journey of villains in bollywood as per uh, i would say genres or classifications which are based on subjects like is there is if there is this kind of villain these are the people if there mm -hmm. is this kind of villain so what kind of research was involved here Initially, I have to get a story base in terms of what am I going to write about as far as villains are concerned. So it took 
quite some while. It took me almost two years to get the story framework in place. Because what do you write about villains? Because initial drafts, if I show you, it will show that it was like short synopsis of the movies or like short bios of those villains. It was not the intent. Pure Evil was not meant to be a collection of biographies of the villains or it was not meant to be a Wikipedia collection of those movies. It was supposed to be on the changing face of Bollywood villainy and the various categories of villains that have existed. It's like one big black box of villains and then you unpack it and take out all the goodies and place it in various sections, in the various parts of the shelf, right? Each and classify them logically. So to get this simple logic in terms of a two by two frame where I say that First of all, split the cat, split the whole big black box into various categories of villainy. For example, the foreigner villain or the individual villain, you know, and under individual, you have people who backstab business partners, okay, or the cheating spouse or, uh, you know, uh, the Sauteli Ma, the family members who cheat you, who deceive you. The, the mother the, you know the mother-in-law the sas bahu sort of a thing or you know the the stepmother okay or the young second wife trying to bump off her wealthy aged husband right or you have the psychotics or the psychopaths or rivalry in sport like jojita vahi sikandar right or in disco dancer you know where this guy comes down to killing him with a with a you know electrocuted uh, electric, electric guitar or something like that so and then comes your other categories like the decoits or the zamindars and then the thugs, then the smugglers, you know, the food grain holders and, you know, the, the typical suave Ajit sort of a thing. And then the 80s Mumbai Dawn, you know, the, the, the Anna in Parinda or the Ramashetti in Arthatya, which is very different from the suave Ajit you see. And then in the 90s, you have those mentally deranged, your psychopathic killers and after 2000s. So... Various categories, stack them logically, break it down logically so there is no conflict between them and then map them to timelines. That is, some of them were perennial. They have always existed. Some existed in certain periods of time, which we'll cover. So to get this basic framework, it took me about two years. In the meantime, I kept interviewing all these actors. I made a big list of the actors and the filmmakers that I wanted to go and interview. And those interviews kept happening even as I was trying to get my arms around the basic framework of what the book should be. What is the basic story? If I were to write a three-page synopsis of this book, what would I write? So while I kept doing that, I kept interviewing. So once I got the story ready and I started writing the story, the interview transcripts kept coming in and logically sort of adding, enriching to the whole thing. Right? So while it's a book about the changing face of Bollywood villainy, it's like a rogues gallery. You walk into a rogues gallery where villains in various shapes, colors, sizes, nuances, they're all displayed from 1929 to 2021, the entire 92 years of timeline, how it has changed. But this is not a Gyan book. This is Bollywood mainstream masala enriched with a lot of anecdotes, backstories, and a lot of incidents that you know the actors shared with me very happily. So that's how the research happened. You know, talking about anecdotes, this really cracked me up where 
you know, talk about him. I mean, reading this, Punjabis with their large frames, broad features, and strong voices are perhaps furthest from the small statured Chinese as far as physique is concerned. But somehow, filmmakers felt that Madan Puri, a quintessential <laughs> Punjabi, would make a good Chinese villain. Oh my goodness, they made Madan Puri a Chinese villain. <laughs> he did, and his name was always some Chang or something. <laughs> oh, oh, it's, it's terrible. So, so let's talk about this. What, why, what, what do you make? Obviously, you know, uh, human beings are built to have heroes. You know, uh, mm. there's something about the hero meme or the hero complex where everybody gets mm. attracted to it. But Indian society, we've had a, 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 especially in our cinema, I would say, would it be a fair statement to say that uh, Indian cinema would not be what it is today if not for his villains? See, without villains, what would life be? You wake up in the morning, go to school, you get great marks, you get promoted to the next class, you appear for school finals, you get great, then you get into engineering, then you pass out from engineering, you had a great job. Okay, you meet the girl of your choice, you get you date her, okay, you marry her, you have children, okay, they grow up, they're doing well, you build a house, you buy a car, you go on a foreign trip with your family, right? Your in-laws are happy. Your parents are happy. You are happy. Your wife is happy. Children is happy. The children grow up. Now they get into, you know, uh, good courses. They become successful. So what's happening? Where is the conflict? Two things make a good story. Conflict and the characters. If there is no conflict, how can the hero look good? Like Al Pacino says, right? I mean, you need me to make you look good. In, in Scarface, yeah, right? It is the 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 bigger the obstacle, the, the 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 more the obstacles, the bigger the obstacles, the bigger the roadblocks, bigger the challenges, more is the hero panti. If a hero has it easy, then he's not a great hero. And who can make the hero great? It's a villain. It's a villain who creates conflicts. It's the villain who brings out the best of the good characters. So that's why I say that it's you can't envisage a story without conflicts. You can't envisage a film without villains. Yeah, in fact, uh, you know, in case of uh, some movies, like I don't think so in the case of Shole, nobody remembers anyone other than Gabbar. Hmm. Well, Shole was such a well crafted set of characters that yeah, Amjad Khan became larger than everyone else. Yeah. Uh, but if you remember even the small, I even remember, uh, uh, you know, Gulzari Lal, the postman. So for some reason, I remember him as well. But yes, Amjad Khan was a very different sort. Even within the decoid genre, he was very different. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the normal Jai Bhavani screaming, you know, dhoti clad decoid who comes on a horseback with a big tilak. He's not that. He belonged to the Western genre, okay, the, the Seven Samurai and then the Magnificent Seven or the Dollars Trilogy of Sergio Leone, right? Uh, the Good, the Bad and the Ugly. So it was from there because he's not from Chambal, okay? And Javed Akhtar Saab said that Gabbar Singh hailed from a place somewhere between Mexico and Uttar Pradesh. He belonged to that place. So he was in army fatigues. Uh, his was a very Western genre and that had come into films. Influenced by these Westerns, you had Kote Sikke, 
right? Which was even before Shole, which was exactly a replica of your Magnificent Seven. Okay. And then you had Shole with that sort of a character. So you had those outlaws. And even in the 80s, you had films like Wanted uh, or, you know, your Jagir by Pramod Chakravarti. You know, typical, you know, people wearing those sticks and hats and those leather jackets and, and very similar to what you see in those Western cowboy genre. So that sort of prevailed. And Gabbar was the biggest of them all. So maybe we all talk about Gabbar. So then, then who are the other villains, if I was to ask you, who came into the decoit genre? Well, okay, let's talk about, uh, I mean, we'll come to decoits, but let's talk about the various types of uh, villains. We'll, we'll, uh, within decoits, of course, initially you had Jagga in Awara, right? He was a decoit who kidnaps, you know, Raj Kapoor's mother and takes her away. So he was the first notable decoit. Then you had those uh, very, uh, you know, you you had Raka in Jis Desh Mein Ganga Bhati Hai. Yes. Or you had films like Mujhe Jine Do. Right? Mm-hmm. What? Or take Sunil Dutt in Mother India. Right? He was a decoit. So what created these decoits? It was the zamindars and the moneylenders and the sahukars who would exploit the villagers. Right? They would make them sign on a document which said you owe me 500 rupees. But actually would give him only 265 rupees. And that poor man would spend his whole life repaying the interest, let alone the principal. And he would die and the debt would pass off to his son. Okay, so that's the way. Then some of these youngsters in the village said, "Enough is enough. You're not. We're not going to take this shit anymore. The police can't do anything about it. Okay, and even the banking laws are so freely that nothing can come in their way. So we'll do it our way. So they picked up the gun, they rode the horsebacks, and they came and killed the zamindars. So that's how the decoits. So I would say, uh, Birju in Mother India was a very good example. Yeah, I was just about. I, I was just about to say Birju in Mother India. Mother India or Raka in Jisdesh Mein Ganga Bhati Hai or Sunil Dutt in Mujhe Jine Do. These were all those typical decoits. So then there were those very handsome decoits like uh, 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 Dilip Kumar. He played that and your uh, even Rajendra, uh, Rajendra Kumar played that in Suraj. Right. So they were, you know, more of the sort of the Robin Hoodian sort of a, and decoits were Robin Hoods. Basically, they would loot from the zamindars and give the money to the poor people. So they were more of the Robin Hoodians, though they were the black variety of decoits as well. And these decoits prevailed even in the 70s. If you look at Pathar or Payal, right? These films were, they had, you had Dharmendar or you had Mera Gaon, Mera Desh with Vinod Khanna playing the decoit. Vinod Khanna. Yeah. Yeah. And he became bigger than the, he got more claps than the hero himself. So that was the decoits, but something interesting. So under decoit, you had this outlaw category. So let's not call them decoits, you call them outlaws. In the book, it's classified as outlaws because one is this traditional, you know, Jay Bhavani screaming sort of a decoits, you know, coming on the horsebacks and wearing dhoti and all that. The other was what I told you about the Western inspired outlaws in army fatigues and very similar to what you see in, in, in the Clint Eastwood movies. Okay. Now, overall, the outlaw, the decoit genre. Okay. And then there was one more category. One in Abdullah, you know, where Danny plays that, uh, you know, that outlaw who come, you know, the Raiders, the Arabian Nights sort of a sort of a outlaw. This decoy genre faded away because that's what was happening in the society. And that is true for every category of villain. Because what was happening in the society was what was mirrored in the films as well. 
if something bad was happening in the society that would take the form of villainy on screen why did smugglers come in because the import duties were very high because keshab mahindra wrote an article saying after the british raj it was a license raj right so you had and then you had very poor antique uh, you know uh, the the artifacts law so you know people could steal anything from the temples and pilfer it abroad those sorts of things used to happen so t- now why the decords vanished is because with the google surveillance and other things the decords were flushed out of the of their hiding from the villages and either they were liquidated or they surrendered like seema pari her surrendered phulan devi surrendered uh, virappan was liquidated so if the decords weren't there in our society it is not very relevant to show them on screen now right because people can't connect with that to create a connect with the audience the villain on the screen has to has to look familiar with the audience in terms of what they see around them so that's what decor genre faded away so let's talk about this uh, about villains representing the overall reality of india so if we take the whole journey from the early 1900s to this i can i can clearly remember one category of villain which was the textile mill owner Uh, mm-hmm. because my background is textiles i i am a uh, not uh, not any more involved in textiles but i always used to find it very interesting as a because i myself owned a textile uh, fan manufacturing unit so i i remember the 70s and 80s movies kaun se movie thi dilip kumar ki jisme wo bhi ladai karta hai ek mazdoor mazdoor ha wo bhi textile mill ke upar hi thi so it, it is kind of you know i i can now understand kyunki tabhi wo datta samant ka time tha bombay mein and you know datta samant was like a thing so textile mill is a, is is kind of a the thing but then what is this journey so what what were the villains if i was to uh, request you to take us to a detailed historical journey then firstly before 1947 okay from the time that uh, you know talkie started in 1931 who were the biggest villain for indians between 19 before 1947 who was the biggest villain for us the british they were ruling us humne apne desh mein hum gulam ban gaye right kisi firangi ke hath mein so in all the movies you'll see it was either talking about the british as a villain but they could not show them on screen as a villain because the british indian censors would chop it off so they would show them in a very masked way right ek aadmi topi pehen ke bol raha hai ki aapas mein jhagda mat karo ek sath humko rehna hai right or a scene with some women spinning the wheel and singing charkha chalao behna right very those below the line messages going out okay and uh, or this movie called padosi in uh, in which two people two cousins you know staying next door to each other they have a squabble but then they make up they say humko ek sath rehna hai so in a very subtle way we would show british as a villain there would be other films which would show that you know shun this untouchability okay don't this untouchability and this wine drinking and all those western culture is bad for us we must have our own culture so they were the villains closer to 1947 if you look at it the films that came out they didn't care about because the british censors were you know they were packing their bags and ready to leave india so really they didn't care what the movie support showing so then they became bold they started openly showing the british as a villain even you know on the eve of independence okay so After 1947, new problem started. Okay, British gone. ठीक है. Now what? Then we figured out that look, we had never ruled this country ourselves. We didn't know how to rule it. So there was a large population of youngsters, and we couldn't find employment for them. So they 
got into the underbelly of the big city because they all came with great hopes from the villages and saying that we'll find jobs in the big city. But Bombay mein itni itni nokriya nahi thi. So then people became awara, they became kala bazar, they became footpath, right? Small thugs, small time gangs. Some were lucky to become a taxi driver. Okay, some were even luckier to get jobs in offices, but the rest of them were pushed into the underbelly of the city. So we started seeing those very marginal criminals, right? Uh, because survival was an issue. So you know they were wearing those trench coats, and that outfit was maybe inspired by the the noir genre of Hollywood of the 1930s and 40s. So you'll see their attire inspired from there. Okay, ये हो गया आपका anti-heroes of the 1950s. At the same time, you had the decoits coming in and looting because of a very poor banking system, of which Zamindars took advantage of. Okay, and then there were the small thugs, like in films like Footpath, eight to ten member gangs with choppers threatening people, black blackmailing people. But chota chota group thonga. In 1960s, India became the destination for gold imports from Arab through the Black Channel. So India became a, a destination for smuggling. and then import duties were very 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 exorbitantly high because we didn't want to sort of bring in goods so people started using the smuggling channel so smugglers started you had films like smuggler there's a movie called smuggler you had jewel thief right and the 70s the smugglers mainly i mean the the films are based in bombay in the 70s and there were a lot of smugglers move smuggler movies that we saw drugs came in right movies like charas Okay, so they showed drugs because there was big money that lay in drugs. So you saw these smugglers dealing not only Natrajki Murti or or artifacts; they also they were also dealing in drugs. Okay, and then you of course had the rice grain holders in films like uh, okay. In fact, you had movies like Charas. Okay, then what happened? So everywhere you see that whatever is happening in the society was reflecting in cinemas as well, in our movies as well. and then you spoke about the conflict the mazdoor ka conflict the first one conflict was shown in a film called paigham okay which was between rajkumar and dilip kumar and then you had films which showed even sagina in 1974 which is dilip kumar movie which was about oppression and even namak haram which showed you know the problem of the of the mill uh, you know the owners they don't give dns allowance right that that was amitabh bachchan and rajesh khanna right rajesh khanna right and so these were all getting reflected because the industrial laws because uh, or even in film like your kala kala patthar right where the non nationalized coal miners okay they would be very unfair to the employees to the workers so all these conflicts okay and uh, then in the 80s what happened what was happening in bombay it became like chicago of the 1930s intergang war ek dusre ko maar raha hai right shootouts in petrol pumps omni ka gaadi utar ke maar raha hai usko gali mein maar raha hai or you know shootout in jj hospital all the mahesh dholakia getting killed in a car inside a theater right all this was actually happening so that's why you had someone like a rama shetty coming in in art satya right a very local mumbai flavor he's not riding a mercedes anymore he's sitting pillion rider in a scooter with a ghoda tucked under his shirt right riding into a bhindi bazaar shooting someone out there and running away right so the whole villainy so the mafia kept evolving as you notice okay so then in the 90s in the 80s one more thing started happening is the policemen became corrupt and the politicians became corrupt before that they had not been corrupt but now they became corrupt 
and they actually became criminal in the 90s and 2000s so it formed a sort of a triangular nexus between the politician mafia and the policeman right so ye jo waqt ke saath jo bahav hai ek jo mood hai right the changing face of the bollywood villain the nuances the reasons why they were there okay the reasons the relevance that is what this book is about and of course then you had the individual villains as well like what i said you know the mama chacha sauteli ma sauteli ma ka dur ka rishtedar the cheating wife the backstabbing friend or the business partner or people with mental health like uh, raman raghav 2.0 he's a psychopath right he's a serial killer okay or you had the psychotics like you know the obsessed young man played by shahrukh khan in dar okay or uh, nana patekar who played in in your agni pariksha right so those sorts of roles also coming in and 2000s onwards the mafia changed a little bit because they, then they came the spider man the superman sort of villains in dhoom cash players right high tech glitzy gizmos you know flying into namibian desert going underwater and going up again right the very fantastic you know indrajal comic sort of villains but they were there so that's what that's a little bit of what this book is about so if i was to ask you are there some themes that are like sada bahar where mm. um, let's say at least after the 70s onwards you can always show a politician to be corrupt uh, you know the if i want to show a bad guy that is the safest bet like now to you even see uh, you know horrifying bureaucracy and a politician even in the ott sector if i was to call it like mm. uh, even uh, even shows uh, where manoj vajpayee and many others have acted usme jaise the famous scene or i forgot the name of the series itself but where you know manoj vajpayee goes hazrat 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 mm. kind of a, i mean what it is a lot about political and gundai kind of a nexus so are there safe bets here where we have seen this theme working all the time or politicians are the only whipping bags now no mistrust distrust between people between spouses between close people that is a perennial theme because with the best of intent you know paisa kisi ka bhi dimag phira sakta hai right so the individual one on one villainy rivalry because the world is getting more competitive everyone is trying to stamp over the other person to get ahead right even in a simple inter college cycling competition okay this guy has no qualms about pushing that other guy down the hill okay or even in your student of the year or student of the year two and all even between students in a college you see how ugly or dirty if not ugly at least dirty you know your rivalry can get professional rivalry up tak chappan right this guy imtiaz is jealous of uh, sadhu akashay because he has done so many encounters and he's getting ahead and this guy wants publicity right this imtiaz wants publicity he wants to be there in front of the cameras and all that so what he does is actually he teams up with the superior and tries to get rid of this guy right look how even in between between policemen okay it can happen or cheating professionals because professional needs money right they also figure out that we have ambitions as well this movie called ankur arora murder case uh, in which kk menon plays a doctor and he's the face of the hospital okay he's like a superstar doctor and what happens is there is a 12 year old guy who has come in for an appendix appendicitis operation and this guy messes up uh, sort of a, this one the anesthesia process the child goes into coma and dies 
Now that is bad enough, but then he tries to hush up the whole case. He bribes all the people in the hospital, either he threatens them or coerces them, right? So in this effort to get ahead in the profession, he's breaking the rules. You know, he himself has become a criminal. So ye jo, uh, uh, right? where people tr- trusting, cheating someone you trust, for example, your Jolly LLB or Jolly LLB 2 or Mohan Joshi Hazir Ho, your lawyers, what do they do? They, they fleece their clients dry. Right? Uh, Mohan Joshi Hazir Ho, they, 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 I mean, the poor pensioner, he's got some money. He's trying to fight a case against a big landlord. They, these two lawyers, they team up with the big, the owner's ka, uh, lawyers and they try to keep prolonging the case all through. Right? So that they can make money. And this guy ultimately has to sell his wife's jewels. Phir bhi ho gaya, mar jata hai wo. He pulls the whole thing down and dies. So look at how we trusted those people and look at how they have let us down. So breaking trust is a perennial theme. Second theme is the angry young policeman. Because somewhere, despite he's empowered, he's educated, but he can't implement the law because there are always some other considerations. There are other undercurrents that he can't break through. And then he gets frustrated and he tries to take the law into his own hands. Like Vijay Khanna in Zanzir, Anant Vilankar in Ardha Satya, or your Amit Kumar in Gangajal, or, you know, this guy, um, same, your Bacha Yadav in Gangajal again, played by Mukesh Tiwari, or Singham, right? Ultimately, it's about the empowered man in Khaki, right? Who can't implement the law. He gets frustrated. These are some of the perennial themes which are always there. So, now I want to talk about something that has been kind of laid out as a criticism of Hindi cinema. Uh, so, they always say, in fact, I've heard so many people say this about Amitabh Bachchan and Zanjeer also, where, or, or you know, uh, let's say we talk about Satya Bhikkhu Matre, right? Mm. Is Bhikkhu Matre a villain or is Bhikkhu Matre a hero? You know how slowly, but slowly since the start of the angry young man and then developing the angry young man, the angry young man had smatterings on different ways in different characters. Until the extent that now we have movies where, like, I'm comfortable with it, but a lot of times Hindi cinema gets this criticism nowadays that you're glorifying certain villains. And, like, uh, I don't think Bhikkhu Matre can be classified as a villain, right? I mean, we don't know what he is. Because uh, there were many people who were the villain in that. But was Bhikkhu Matre a villain? In Satya, I mean, the classical villain where we know, okay, ye apna, apna, ye, ye opposing camp ka banda hai, iske saath panga lena hai, kind of a, kind of a thing. So what do you make of these accusations that have been laid out on Hindu, Hindi cinema all the time that uh, I personally don't agree with them. I believe society always has bad people. This is just a, you know, rubbish mm-hmm. claim that people make as if, or, or, you know, you'll make a movie on a serial killer. And the accusation being heard is, Are, aapne serial killer ko glorify kar diya, usko aise awesome bana ke. What do you make of that entire discussion? Because villains are always part of it, right? Because it's all about the villain there. Yeah. See, earlier what used to happen is, Ek, agar koi villain hai, to har mein wo bura hai, right? He does bad things. He beats up his servants, right? He abuses the other woman, another woman. He's a bad singer. He's uncouth. Right. Her galat hai. So it's easy to point out to him and say he's a bad guy because everything he does is wrong. With the coming of films like Godfather, 
you started seeing a different color there he's doing a business which is illegal but he's also a loving father a loving family man a loving brother right a loving husband he has got a family to feed okay he does all that so if you look at films like vidhata or you know which followed dharmatma dharmatma was a direct take off on godfather and then you had vidhata then you had the sarkar the sarkar raj and all that series of movies it showed that the don the bad guy is doing an illegal business but apart from that he's a family man okay so there are always some shades of gray right i mean he's a devout to makali ki puja karta hai jaake premnath jo usme karte hai na wo just the way that don vito corleone was a devout was a devout uh, he used to pray every sunday and all that so because of this lighter shades and certain amount of goodness it puts a doubt in our mind ki banda acha hai ki bura hai bhiku matra acha hai ki bura hai are bhai wo bhav jhavle ke liye kaam kar raha hai burai to hai na aur kya ho sakta hai he is working for a don he is working for a mafia guy who's running for elections and this guy is supporting him so he can't be good yes what happens is he, the story also focuses on the other aspect of his that he is a family man he loves his kids he scolds his kids he has a wife he too has a wife who nags him right she scolds him for coming home late and all that he's sitting in a restaurant with two other friends and having dinner so somewhere these infuse a certain it's all the all that these things help to do is make the character more real more relatable that's what it does but the way to call him a villain or not is uska maqsad kya hai uske tarike kya hain maqsad aakhir to burai hai na because he is ultimately doing something illegal aur tarika bhi galat hai maar dhaad raha hai okay so he is bad okay however much you try to say that you know bhiku matre was a handsome guy he can sing well he can dance well he can romance well so does it make him an anti hero no it does not he is still a villain okay with albeit with lighter shade so who's an anti hero then anti hero is a guy jiska maqsad acha ho tarike galat ho like vijay in diwar wants to shower his mother with riches maqsad acha hai but how is he doing it's become a smuggler so it's wrong he's he's an anti hero right or even vijay in trishul he gets into corporate espionage he tries to steal the tender documents from another company by bribing an another employee and taking them and and undercutting the quotation that is unethical that's why he's an anti hero right so call it bhiku matre so what happens just because his villains are okay let's call them antagonists if we don't like the term villains they are antagonists so in satya i was very clear it was uh, kanvilkar okay who was uh, the protagonist okay and also amod shukla okay played by parish rawal who was the protagonist the antagonist clearly was bhiku matre then what was satya okay we can say that you know satya came in search of a job didn't get a job so he became a don but ultimately he kills guru narayan right he is the one who tells bhiku to pull the trigger on guru narayan he is murdering someone so wo bhi antagonist hi hai so as a writer i was very clear that this guy belongs here and this guy belongs here right so uh, just because the singing songs and you know he's romancing another woman and all that doesn't make him uh, doesn't take that antagonist tag away from him he's still an antagonist of the story so uh, exactly that's that's what i'm saying it, you know it's very easy to 
pin Justice certain pin. villains. Yeah. Uh, so let's say a Pralaynath. That's very easy mm-hmm. to pin, right? Pralaynath was a very clear villain. We know that is the villain. So we can box him or Genda Swami for that matter. What mm-hmm. a villain. Hmm. Now I'll tell you the most complicated villain. Or even Mogambo and all that. You know, you look at him yeah. and say villain to hoi sakti, or kuch hoi nahi sakta yeah. Hai. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Now I'll tell you the most complicated villain. People will laugh at me for even raising this, but Crime Master Gogo, wo kya hai? Apna apna, huh? Yeah. Huh. Abhi wo villain hai ki kya hai? Abhi wo technically kidnapping karta hai. Bilkul karta hai. Hmm. Um, so uh, you know, he does a lot of things that uh, he does, or for that matter, in the same picture where uh, you have Shehbaz Robert Sheza Khan, huh? Ra- he imitates yeah. his father's dialogues, huh? right? Yeah, so he's mm-hmm. there, or even Paresh Rawal, who plays the role of the duplicate, right? Teja, 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 kind of a thing. Like mm-hmm. uh, the famous scene over there is like, Tum kya karega itna paise ka? Main, main, I will buy burgers, I will do this, I will the point is that in that entire movie, the most endearing characters, if you remember again, are Paresh Rawal, the villain, mm. and Gogo, yeah. the villain. People recall them. The <laughs> villains are recalled the most. Right. So, so what happened is, there was a lot of comedy that got infused into these villain characters. If you look at 80s, Shakti Kapoor and Kadar Khan playing those roles. Hmm. So there was a little bit of comic comic infusion into this. Or even in this movie called Israat Ki Subha Nahi. Right? Sudhir Mishra's movie. It's an ensemble grey. It's an ensemble of characters. So there are those ensemble characters. Even this film called Jagte Raho. Right? The building is full of cheats and spurious liquor dealers and counterfeiters. Yay, wo. But everyone has been given a little bit of a comic spin to it. Okay? That is maybe not to, uh, you know, not to paint him all black, but to say that, you know, there's a, just to give it a little bit of spin, right? Thoda to alag kuch karna hai. So that, that's how it was. But the fact is at the core of it, depending on what they were doing for a living, right? They are antagonists. Now, the other thing which happened is, uh, you know, with the coming of movies like your Pulp Fiction or Snatch or Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, and typically, yeah, in as much as Indian cinema, Hindi movies have been have been uh, sort of inspired by the incidents that happen in India, in the society, they have also been heavily inspired by Hollywood. Right? The Awara and the Jal, uh, the wearing the long trench coats and the hat, that was like I said, Hollywood noir. And then, you know, Dharmatma, a direct output of The Godfather. Okay. So when these Pulp Fiction types movie came out, some of these crime comedies started coming out as well. Okay. Like Kamine. Okay. Hilarious characters. Right. Bhope. Hilarious guy. You laugh with him. till you. Re- so for a minute you forget that actually he's a mafia. Right. He's a gangster. Okay. Or you watch this movie called uh, Delhi Belly. Right. The Vijay Raz. The character he plays. He's hilarious. But what is he doing? Look at the extent of physical harm he's causing to that Russian. Right. In the hospital room, they pour hot soup over him and they thrash him with a can. And actually, they take a some candle and, you know, sort of put it inside him and all that. So it is actually torture. It's actually gory physical torture. But the way it's been packaged and the way it's been edited, the camera shots, 
you know and something about them makes it very quirky right so uh you you have this layer you have this sheen of comic you have you comic coat the whole thing right to give it a different spin uh but they are antagonists at the end of the day <laughs> yeah they they are in fact what happens is that if like, let's take uh, the batman series right the batman trilogy like mm-hmm. there will never be nobody remembers Christopher Nolan as a batsman is not the case but everybody remembers Heath Ledger as the joker yeah. everyone yeah. does i mean it also re- depends on how many good lines you get and many other things or or who was the guy who was the villain in in the third part what was his name bane or kane i forgot his name mm-hmm. whatever he was yeah, in the third part where uh, he uh, he was there there are there is something uniquely what word am i looking attractive addictive about a good villain Correct. the hero people people and you know i think somewhere down the line at an evolutionary level because we have a negativity bias in our brain and we always tend to uh, remember the negative and because we were evolved to be a certain way uh, as a species i think do you think villains have an advantage over heroes in that sense they do they really do see hero ka naam cannot be a crime master gogo right it has to be a ravi or a vijay or a anand right it has to be uh, the closest in come to is mr natwarlal it can that's as far as it can go so yada nahi ja sakta but villains ka naam dekhiye crime master gogo danny boy ha master kancha china baktawar right uh, amazing you know take uh, big hardy okay or whatever you know white dragon okay blue number 1 uh ye wo x mr x okay can be any name they can douse themselves with coats of different colors you know they can look gaudy okay they can paint their faces okay they are not bound by laws okay they don't have to conform to anything they don't have to comply to any of the standard things that all of us are familiar with they don't have to be compliant with any of the standard things because you're not bound by law that's why they are the antagonists they enjoy that freedom frankly somewhere in us deep within us we can't deny that agar pakde jane ka dar na ho to shayad hum bhi villain ki tarah kabhi kabhi bartaav karenge right humne bhi to chori karke chocolate khaye hain hame bhi to kabhi na kabhi school se bhag ke picture dekhe honge right हमें से किसी ने चुपचाप छोटे में सिगरेट पिया होगा राइट सो द पॉइंट इज पकड़े जाने का डर अगर न हो तो बात ही कुछ और है सो द विलन मे बी रिप्रेजेंट दैट पार्ट ऑफ दैट फर्बिडन पार्ट ऑफ अस दैट समवेयर वी वुड हैव लव टू बी इन अ डिफरेंट वर्ल्ड विच हैड नो लॉ सो दैट्स वाई अ विलन इज ऑलवेज मोर अट्रैक्टिव बिकॉज ही कैन डू एनी ऑफ द थिंग्स दैट अ हीरो कैनॉट अ हीरो कैनॉट रेप आई एम नॉट सेंग that it's good thing to it's not it's bad but a hero can't even be seen as doing that right ek hero agar koi galat kaam karta hai to very quickly the script admonishes him right his mother aake thappad marti hai beta sharam karo kuch and he mujhe maaf kar do ma ab agle insaan achhaad mein ban jata hai wo somewhere he has to fall in line and become a good man and it has to be a happy ending but a villain need not do that that's why villain is more attractive because of the fact that he doesn't have to comply with rules 
I did not know this until I read your book that Danny Deng Zhongpa was the original choice for the role of Gabbar. Damn. Yes, he was. And then he was shooting in Afghanistan, right, for Dharmatma. So he could not make it. Yeah, so Amjad Khan was like option number three. I mean, first Danny, yeah. then Ranjit, and then you had Amjad Khan. And wow, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, what a job Amjad Khan did. I, I mean, honestly, I don't think anybody else could have done that uh, job of Gabbar the way Amjad Khan did. It, it is just insane. Mm-hmm. But okay, before I, I actually wanted to talk about R.D. Burman also, but before we go there. So if I was to ask you, who are your top 10 villains in Hindi cinema? Okay. One of the most obvious ones like Raka, Gabbar, Mogambo, Shakal, Teja, right? Uh, you know, those are the standard ones. Why don't I talk about a few offbeat ones, right? Or do you want to want me to talk about the standard ones, the most obvious ones? No, 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 no. I want to know whom you enjoyed the most. Okay. Uh, Luke Morrison in the unreleased film called Panch, played by K.K. Menon. Okay. Okay. Then uh, Sundar Yadav, played by Yashpal Sharma in uh, Gangajal. Okay. Uh, Lakha in Lagan, the, the first match fixer officially. Uh, you know, again played by Yashpal Sharma. Then uh, Rahasya, played by Tiska Chopra. Okay, she actually turns out to be a okay. It's a spoiler alert, but but look at how she how she turns out to be. And one thing which really spooked me was Amir Khan in 1947 Earth. He just has one line of villainy. Huh? He just says Andarabu. It's like a it's like a mob in the Punjab in 1947 during the partition. The whole Punjab is burning. There are communal riots going on. And he belongs to one community and this another girl he's in love with, she belongs to a different community and she's in love with someone else. So out of jealousy, he betrays her position to the mob and they drag her out. Just that one line of villainy. There are others as well. Uh, Ankur Arora murder case, K.K. Menon. He plays Dr. Asthana. So some of the... See, when I was writing this book, there were some of these that I had not known about. But in the part of my research, when I saw these films, I said, this is amazing. I never knew. Or Siddharth Malhotra's role in Ittifaq 2017. Right? Quite a few. Um, there are some ensemble films with ensemble villains, like your Matrubhumi, A Nation Without Women, where there's, there's this very sick custom of killing the girl child when it is born by drowning it inside a big... Uh, Handi of milk. Okay. So this village has this practice and 30 years later, there are no women left in the village. So what happens out there? Okay. So, you know, those sorts of societal sort of ills that we still carry and that become our antagonist. So there are quite a few offbeat films. And of course, I love Shakal of Yanoki Bharat. I love Teja, the way they were portrayed. Okay. The characters, the way they were made out. And, uh, you know, I, uh, Mogambo, Gabbar, these are the standard ones. They, they check the boxes any day. Shah Rukh Khan in Dar. I thought it was a very, very bold thing yeah, to do, you yeah. know, play that role. It was damn good. 
It was damn good. He did a fantastic job of it because no one or Amul Palekar in Khamosh, you know, the, the, the that was an amazing role he played. So quite a few actually, or Nawazuddin Siddiqui in Ramon Raghav 2.0 and both were villains. Vicky Kaushal also did an exceedingly, both, both turned out to be villains at the end of it. Right? Mm-hmm. Or Manoj Bajpai in Ax. He plays Raghavan in Ax. Right? So, you know, the, 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 the psychotic, uh, you know, contract killer. So quite a few. I mean, I could go on and on. <laughs> yeah. But but one one theme I've observed, like, you know, in the old days, like Pranshav would always play the villain. Mm. Prem Chopra most of the times villain. Ranjit most of the times villain. Obviously, Ajit uh, and Amrish Puri also. Most of the times they've played the role of villain. But in your research and your j- journey and your interviews, did uh, did any of the artists or the actors tell you how hard it was for them to play a good man's role or vice versa because the public gets so attached to it? Well, uh, for example, I interviewed uh, Danny, who has played the good man as well as the bad man. Yeah, he has. What happens is, yeah, or even KK Menon, you know, or Yashpal Sharma also, you know, who has played the, oh, let's say KK Menon, for instance. So they say it's about the script because um, I get into the script. For me, the last film is last, gone. It's a fresh deal and I have to get into this role. So I think it's the actor in them and some of them come with the stage acting background and they're so experienced that they can get into the role. The fact that the audience expects them to look at it that way, that's a perception in the audience's mind. But as an actor, the previous role is done and finished. Now this is a fresh role, a fresh innings. So I'll have to prepare differently for this role. That's a mindset they get into. Right. Fair enough. I mean, it is how I mean, every role is tough that way. Okay. Uh, for example, I interviewed Govind Namdev, who played Bhau Jhavle in Satya. He took amazing amount of notes and he observed a lot of people. He took newspaper cuttings and he's, he himself decided how the mustache has to be and how he speaks and the body language. So whole lot of, I mean, they've worked, each of these actors, they have worked tremendously hard on their roles. Hats off to them. Yeah, isn't it the story that Pran Saab was such a good villain that people would not name their children by his name it's or true. something? Or it's that's true. it's true. They did not name the children as Pran. What? <laughs> negativity about that very name that <laughs> they wouldn't. Yeah. It's insane. Like you know how involved people are. I I don't remember who catch that. Smriti Rani ka wo series hoti thi, jisme ek wo pata nahi kon Mihir mar gaya tha. To usko usko wapis lana pada tha ki public itna attach ho jati hai characters ye rara. Isko wapis lao ham dekhi uske liye rahe ye cheating hai. Tumne kya kar diya? That kind of a level of so are there any historical cases where someone was playing such a good role as a villain that when they tried to get into the hero genre there was public backlash and they had to go back to being a villain alone is there the, any sort of uh, historical evidence of that okay historically let me tell you arthur conan doyle had to bring sherlock holmes back to life uh, in the final conflict because he was shown as dead and then people wrote letters to him and said no no you can't kill him so he had to bring him back to life but uh, what happened in this film called Ah, okay, which released after Awara, people could not accept Pran as a good doctor out there. Okay, then he had to go back to playing the villain again. 
so there are instances but pranasab being pranasab he played the good man in upkar in 1960s in the late 60s but he played it so well that he became a good man again for the whole of 70s practically he was playing the good man all through and look at the man's talent he again went back to playing the villain in uh, uh, this rajnikanth movie the, the first one uh, you know uh, what is that yeah, rajnikanth first movie okay Can't so call the name no no are amar akbar anthony villain teen naam tha oh yeah 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 hmm. so so you know so so it's it's up to an actor because kya hota after some time people don't associate with you and there is also maturity of the audience that starts ac- accepting the character and not just the actor they start accepting the character fair enough but hmm. uh now i want to talk about one of my favorite music directors because you've written that book too i know we were supposed to discuss mm-hmm. this book but i i i can't uh, let you go without talking about rd burman yes. who for me is my life uh, i mean i love the man i love his music i i have go- gone gone through almost most of his songs i know like there are proper rd burman fan clubs where people are across the world just they just sit down together listen to his songs they sing along i mean it's, it's insane but maybe you can tell everybody a little bit uh, about him so so w- what would you classify as the peak of rd burman 70s obviously that was a peak period for him uh but he had other peaks in the 60s which is not very obvious that rajnikanth was andha kanun sorry where pran went back and played the villain by the way mm. see when rd burman started in the 60s he started on with small budget films right they were not big bang and the first two films was okay sort of okay but he kept assisting his father so there was a unofficial composing duo of burman and burman so you noticed in quite a few films panchang would have helped his father out by doing some background score or by composing the odd song out there for example in tere ghar ke samne ek gana hai there's a cabaret song dil ki manzil kuch aisi hai manzil that sounds very different from the rest of the album so definitely had to be the handiwork of someone else not sd burman right so there was this unbranded duo so panchang kept contributing to his father okay then he got the big break in teesri manzil i would say teesri manzil was a one off success because his next film didn't do that well but then padosan from padosan it got off really 68 onwards and there was no looking back right till 1985 he was absolutely there till sagar he was absolutely the undisputed number one okay there were a couple of bumps in the early 80s but the momentum of the 70s was so strong so strong that it carried him through till 1985 in the 80s he made a few strategic errors he tried to get into the rat race and even if you win you still a rat he didn't have to get into that he could have stepped back and said i'm not getting into this mess i'm going to stay out of it all that disco and that you know tatayya tatayya and you know ek aankh maru to parda uth jaye all that you know all that nonsense music that was going on he could have stayed out of that instead he took on too many assignments and he couldn't uh invest the amount of time because the sort of music that he did required a lot of investment the innovations he brought in okay the beats the the mixed patterns of rhythm the piquant chords the <clears throat> the whole lot of innovation that he would do and the different instruments he would bring in all that required a lot of investment a lot of teamwork he was not able to uh 
invested amount of time behind each music in the 80s because he took on too many assignments that was a strategic mistake he made secondly i think succession planning was a problem because he brought in sapan chakravarty as his assistant and sapan chakravarty didn't have too much of credentials as a music director uh, in music so some of the senior players felt they had been upstaged because they had served two generations very loyally and they felt yaar ye kaun hai jo hamare upar aake baitha hua hai right so that was a mistake they loved pancham they always loved him so somewhere the team sort of dispersed a little bit okay and uh, pancham also was not very media savvy he went to the media and said that 23 of my films have flopped now they were not his films they were the director and the producer's films he only gave the music for that and those films flopped for very different reasons it was maybe the story wasn't good screenplay wasn't good acting wasn't good okay all that was there were a lot of factors in fact if, if those movies are remembered it's because of the music but pancham made the mistake of going public and owning up a mistake he didn't have to own nobody told him to stand up and say you become the hero and you take the you know responsibility for the you take the blame and people conveniently put the blame on him he since you have confessed it was your fault it was your fault so you were the reason for the failure of the movie so what happened they started pulling out people who had been very loyal to him except ramesh behel all the people pulled out one by one so that led to his downfall and then he had to connect back to his basics he was still very good with melody just that he had to slow down take stock reassess regroup and he had health issues as well so you know he had been a long standing diabetic since the late 60s and then he had a breakup uh, he broke off with his first wife and then he married again and then after his father passing away that had a big impact on him because he was very close to his father his father passed away in 1975 that had a big impact and then he became very lonely as a person in the last stages of his life post mid 80s he became quite lonely as a person he went through a cardiac surgery and then he was okay he was okay i mean he recovered he came back his life was okay but then he needed a lot of see people who go through these surgeries they require a lot of family support Hmm. and from all available accounts it didn't come across that he had a lot of family support from his wife at that time it didn't come across so obviously loneliness is not good for patients in this recovery mode and also the way the industry shunned him okay when he was down that really hurt him so all this con- he made a big comeback but he didn't live long enough to watch his own comeback 1942 a love story was not a fluke it was planned he told he, in fact he's on record having told javed akhtar and ramesh ayer the guitarist that ab dekho main kya karta now i'll come back so it was predicted he knew what he was doing he had reconnected with himself and he came back but he didn't live to see his own success and come back but he yeah, it's left very interesting yeah he left a successful man he didn't go as a failure he went as a successful person i remember an interview of vidhu vinod chopra where he says when he had contacted rd burman to make the music for uh, this particular movie that you're talking about a love story and when they went for the first uh, hearing session he actually did not like what rd burman did and and he kind of absolutely flipped on rd burman and said this is not you i want the real you the scrap all of this and then i think when he he basically as they said you're lighting a proverbial fire up his ass absolutely and, uh, he, and he, uh, he did that 
he said in fact pancham the kuch na kaho jo gana hai na kuch na kaho it was something like kuch na kaho kuch bhi na tabla baja baja ke dhan 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 so then he said vidu kaisa hai music kaisa hai batao he said pancham do you want an honest answer i think it's all shit this music kya hai pancham aap bhi in log jaise ho gaye right where are you i mean i want to see i want, and vidu had always been a big fan of panchamda as a student in ftii uh, he had used panchamda's music for his uh, for his course film and all that and so he was a big fan and he was genuine vidu vinod chopra was a genuinely you know pancham lover uh, look at how they collaborated so well in parinda right which is one of the rare successes of panchamda those days apart from ijazat if you remember post 85 the two movies that stand out is ijazat and parinda hmm. so somewhere their collaboration had had a great chemistry and then vidu said panchamda ye nahi chalega so they came back sometime later and then when panchamda played the new tune vidu had his eyes closed he said ye hui na baat so that was that moment when psychologically you are back that was the moment that psychologically adi barman came back he knew now he could do it uh that i've heard stories of his uh unpublished music composers compositions still exist and are not being released because people have uh, his family members have rights and they don't want to release it how true is that yeah i also heard that there are quite a few tunes and uh, they have not been released in fact one of the songs from uh, kinara was released last 27 june by one of the music groups panchammagic.org uh, you know uh, rajnagul and team who do fantastic work on panchamda they are they are a pune based group they really really they are genuine guys they work very hard and unearth a lot of tunes so they released this song so there are quite a few tunes but maybe asha ji has them and uh, those are not being released right now yeah i don't get the reason behind it i just find it weird i mean the man is to me one of the greatest ever and uh, i don't know why <laughs> why what's the point of not releasing that music i i have never understood the rationale behind it as a tum ko nahi sunne denge how dare you listen to it <laughs> i don't, I don't, I don't it. understand that uh though you'll find some of one of adnan sami's tunes you know somewhere having some vague resemblance so this is there are there are composers who still sort of base their music on ardi barman i mean i'm not saying they're plagiarizing but they're definitely inspired and there's there they are true followers and true faithfuls of pancham the pancham school of music like shankar ehsan loy shankar mahadevan says that some of the chords in you know your kal ho na ho the song he said they were inspired by the panchamda style they have not copied anything they don't copy shankar mahadevan doesn't copy anyone he is original but he says of course i can get inspired by panchamda who wouldn't get inspired by panchamda right anyone who's worth his salt in music right would he not get inspired by panchamda he would I agree and in fact the beauty of Rady Burman has always been that his ability to understand western musical genres right. and indian classical both and and bring in a blend of them I, i i think people don't realize his contribution but on this whole uh, idea of plagiarism or whatever you want to call it or copying 
I mean, we all know even Adi Burman has taken a lot of tunes from other cultures and put them. I think Mehbooba or Mehbooba is a classical example of that. But I mean, uh, full full disclosure, I can't listen to the original. I find it cringe. I think okay, Adi Burman did them a favor. Hmm. <laughs> See, what's the difference between plagiarism, plagiarism, and inspiration? Okay, I don't listen to a lot of Western music. I'm. I mean, it just doesn't. Go, I mean, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. So, if I were to compose a Western music-based tune, what would it be? I'll just pick a track. I'll make a new track, and I'll put lyrics into it and release it. That is plagiarism, because I don't understand the basics. I don't understand the fundamentals of Western music. I don't understand anything about anything of the Western music genre, right? That is plagiarism. I just lifted something, plucked something out of the air, and put it out here. Okay. same thing let's take my example i read a piece somewhere i found it so good i plagiarized that paragraph and put it into my book that is plagiarism because i don't know anything about that but if you look at the ardi burman book that we have written the style actually follows a frederick forsyth sort of a style why because i've read frederick forsyth anirudh bhatiaji read frederick forsyth in childhood days unki khasiyat kya hai the suspense comes suspense comes out in the epilogue of the book which is what is there in the ardi burman book so that is inspiration we didn't copy anything from frederick forsyth but we were inspired by his style of writing where he takes you till the very edge and now you can't breathe anymore you must please tell me the suspense please tell me kya hai kya hai tell the story he said come to the epilogue i'll tell you there so it's only the last five pages that makes the book most interesting takes you on a high and leaves you there that's what forsyth is about so that's what now So, what is inspiration? Panchamda has been listening to Western music and all sorts of world music from the age of ten or eleven. He used to travel to Bombay. He used to sit with Kersi Lord. He used to go to his place and Kersi Lord and his father. They had a huge collection of long play records. He used to listen and listen and listen and listen to every form of music, and he had imbibed those. That was his DNA. So, whatever Western-based compositions he did later. in his life after he turned 25 or whatever he was just reproducing his dna he was not reproducing any track he was only sort of uh, it his dna was evincing itself in the form of music so those were his compositions now do you get glimpse of some of those obviously you would because that is where he has learnt right that is what he has learnt so that's the difference between plagiarism and inspiration in pancham's case it was inspiration in a few other composers was plagiarism okay pancham was definitely inspired having said that there are a few cases where in his hurry to make a few tracks pancham would lift a particular track and put it out here now that was unnecessary right he himself could have done something much better on his own but those were those proverbial anecdote stuff which people latched on to and said yes sara chori karta hai he is a copycat and that allegation of being a copycat stuck to him all his life he could never come out of it yeah i wonder somebody should somebody should do a statistical analysis of the amount of tunes he's produced and how many have been like this yeah i read the book we have we have gone into it in depth in terms of the difference between inspiration and plagiarism okay you can still see light music 
lends itself to a sort of a derivative of something else, right? <clears throat> it is even the original tracks what you hear, are they original? Are they absolutely original? Hey, to saath surna. Kahin na kahin to uske combination mein kahin to you'll clash into something else that sounds like something else, right? So light music itself is a derivative of something else. So that's a given. The rest of it is your own creativity, how you take a Western tune and how you blend it into that and how you create your own recipe out of it. Fair, fair enough. All right. I have a couple of questions from the viewers. So first one sure. is somebody has asked, you guys keep talking about villains. What about the villainesses? Of course, they're all there in pure evil, the bad men of Bollywood. Don't let the title bad men mislead you. I have covered the malls, the vamps, you know, people who played vamps. And also there is a chapter called Mehendi Rang Laegi, blood on our hands. Wives who murdered their husbands, right? Like Simi Garewal in Kurs. And there are so many others. There are so many others. Or the spouses who carried on an illicit affair with their husband's best friend just for the thrill of it. <clears throat> okay. Or mothers who tried to, you know, murder the family members, like in this Arunarani in Beta, right? So there are, there is ample coverage of the villainesses also in the book. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, good, good to hear that. All right. The next question is. Uh, in the cover movies... itself is half a woman. On the cover yeah. itself, he's Sadashiv Amrapurkar. He's half a woman, that particular picture that you see. Yeah, Sadak. from Sadak, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So someone has asked uh, in recent movies, there are no heroes and no villains. Do you see in few in the future characters like Gabbar Singh or Mogambo returning uh, in, in Indian cinema? Very good question. I don't see those returning in the foreseeable future because people would laugh at them, right? You see a guy like Mogambo walking on the street, will you get scared or will you laugh at him? I think you ought to laugh at him because now characters have become more real. Okay, because just like we behave differently in different situations, it's situational villainy, right? It's situational goodness. It's the situation that drives us to become good or bad. So you'll see shades of gray. Earlier, the villains had no backstories as to why they became bad. There was no backstory to Gabbar. But today in films, you also see the villain talking about why he's doing what he's doing. So that's why you see elements of gray. You see mixed patterns. You see changing faces. You see ambivalence. You see this movie called Afwa. Brilliant characterization. You'll be thinking, You can have a full one-hour discussion of our characters itself, right? So yes, it's a sign of maturing audience. It's a sign of maturing script writers as well. So I think the age of this very ambivalent shades Harlequin characters is here to stay. You may not have that one big villain who, who under whose feet the earth rumbles when he walks. I find it difficult. I so one last that. question before we wrap it up. Do yeah. you see the future of Indian cinema having more uh, films where it's all about the villain and you know there are more evil centric roles and not hero centric roles do, do you see our society going through that uh, that phase or you think it's a phase sometimes you go like this and then you go back like for example i uh, item numbers were a thing at one point of time in mm -hmm. hindi cinema and then they have just vanished you don't Correct. see them anymore so do you think uh, 
this uh, temporary f- uh, fascination maybe with evil character based movies uh, would come and go like there are movies on psychopaths and then they just disappear do you think that could happen no i think that the one genre of you know the good heroes you know good men okay doing good things and being nice that genre will continue for example tu jhooti mein makkar right it's still a very much a suraj barjatiya rajshri sort of a movie right it's is very much in that genre or look at film called love per square foot beautiful sugary ekdam kya mithas hai cinema mein it's again very basu chatterji like movie right bombay ke logo ke sath kya kya uljhane hoti hai makan ka travel ka local train ka bus ka pani puri ka problem har cheez so that sugar coated that that not sugar coated the the sugar dipped movies will still be there that will exist because there is a certain section of people that like it even i like it okay but filmmakers will continue to explore different varieties different shades different characters of how characters can be portrayed okay so that will continue and that's why you'll you'll have films with maybe uh, the psychopath killers no they will come back i mean they will be there like raman raghav 2.0 was just about 5 6 years back na ho sakta waisi kuch aa jaye fir se right there will be horror movies there will be those psycho you know the psycho characters there will be those corrupt politicians like article 15 right those things which are the corrupt policemen the mofasal areas how no law works right or the interpretation of law like section 375 you know all those things which are there so there'll be different shades of character there'll be the but the traditional good man good young hero that will be there that won't go away yeah it's very interesting like i i just think there is something very alluring like i said the the villains always have the evolutionary advantage like even in khosla ka ghosla only people remember the most is khurana they right. don't remember anyone because khurana is the one and and kudos to baman irani i mean he just oh amazing amazing fantastic job extremely well what an actor yeah. he is brilliant yes. and that role he did very well yeah yeah you know i i always give this analogy of the cricketing analogies like you always remember the dropped catch you don't remember the caught catches you always remember how ian healy dropped brian lara in the barbados test match and then brian went ahead and uh, so, you know hit the final winning runs with courtney walls in the last wicket you don't remember ian healy caught so many catches in the same match but he dropped that and that's all that matters kind of a thing so aajkal, the villains aajkal always her, na, aajkal har match mein last ball mein chakke lagte hain but we still remember chetan sharma when he bowled at last yeah. ball to javed miyada are uske ho gaye 40 saal ho gaye so bhul jao yaar let's look at aajkal 13 runs and over in the last over is no deal at all aaram se ho jayega aajkal yeah poor chetan sharma he is like yaar maine hat trick bhi liye kabhi uske bare mein bhi baat kar le bhi karo yaar kabhi kabhi uske ek saal baad maine hat trick are do mahine baad england mein itna acha usne bowling kiya tha uski kisi ko yaad nahi hai he just remember that yeah. one last one bechara it happens yaar yeah. like happens yeah. so 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 uh, balaji before we wrap up anything else you want to you want to say before we wrap things up No thanks for calling me I have really enjoyed discussing with you Kushal and uh, I hope the audience uh, liked it as well as much as I enjoyed it thanks for calling me here 
uh thanks for coming i i actually did enjoy uh, reading the book i love the bits where you know you have those separate quotations where you talk about uh, anecdotes and stories where you have separated them throughout the book from the start to the end whether it's you know in the end the bits about the kushwan singh jokes or or ruindi hatangidi and adding her marathi bits here and there i mean uh, or prem chopra's uh, funny incident where he this dance does random dances and stuff like that uh-huh. i mean i enjoyed those bit uh, bits a lot so <laughs> so once again thank you very much and guys we'll wrap it up so in the description of the podcast uh, doesn't matter if you're the audio listener or watching this on youtube uh, go buy the book all the links are there in the description and again if you want to support the charvak podcast please support it by liking this video leaving a comment subscribing you know what i want you to do is in the comment section guys leave me your top favorite villains or villainesses like top 10 Yeah, negative characters that you have enjoyed in uh, Indian cinema or Hindi cinema, for that matter. I want to know what you guys think, and if you can support the podcast, please support it by becoming a member. And I'll see you guys next time. And please buy the book. So take care. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>